Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Today's show, we're going to have Jason Wagner in the studio. Jason's been involved in background screening since 2008. He's worked with softwares to help build online applications and other systems that have streamlined how landlords handle incoming applicants' denials and disputes. It's become a passion of his to keep communities safe and see the property managers gain the most ROI. Along with that, he also has a video production company called My Rental Consultant, LLC, and creates content for virtual tours, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So we're going to be talking to Jason here in a second, actually in studio, so excited for that. A little bit different type of show. But first, the hot topic of the day. So I was actually reading, believe it or not, some of us actually read the Resident Resource Magazine from NARPM, and I was reading the July edition of it and one of the topics caught my attention and the topic was it's time for professional property managers to stop charging fees in quotes and i'm going to give props to andrew johnson rmp and mpm mpmc out of i think he's out of boise uh, with jpm management so andrew if you are listening somebody actually read your article and thought it was very intriguing and in this article, Andrew starts, you know, calling us like fee mongers and how the public, the public perception sees us as fee mongers and how that there's all these publications, the fee Bible and workshops and podcasts and all these elaborate fee structures. So, of course, he's bringing me down this hole of like, he's going to say, stop charging fees, right? And, you know, he's like kind of pining of the good old days when we just used to charge for management fee and lease fees and lease renewal fees or something like that. And so I'm like, as I'm reading this, I'm like, this guy's crazy. I mean, you know, we're, we, we, we actually can't even be profitable if we just charged, you know, the one or two fees that we have, right? Because of all the tech that, we've, that we're paying for and, and, and whatnot, right? And then he kind of flips the script and he says, instead of charging a, a, instead of charging a quote unquote fee, you should rename it. Right. So an example he gave is is uh, stop using the word fee. So across the board. Right. So instead of charging residents a late fee, rename the general ledger account in your software and lease language to late rent collection service charge. Right. And then I'm like, ah, I get it. Right. So you, you, we're still we're still charging for for all these, you know, I guess fees or for all these services that we do. But he, you know, he thinks language is is super important, and and I can't I can't uh, disagree with him. So Andrew, I I, lo I love the idea here. And so basically, instead of saying late fee, right, it's late service charge or late rent collection service charge. 
So I thought it was, I thought it was great. Instead of a, you know, he, he's got another one here, early termination fee for breaking a lease term early, you change it to re-rent service charge. So just take that fee, create service charge. And if you think about it, it actually, the language actually makes a lot more sense. And we're now we're charging a service charge because we're adding an additional service to what we're doing, right? It's not just a fee. It's actually a service. So kudos to you, Andrew. Love it. Love the article. And I thought that was a great tip. And that is my hot topic for the day. Commercial break real quick and then interview with my good buddy, Jason Wagner, or as I call him, Wags. Talk to you in a bit. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. And the debate over who pays for pest control, while pest share turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Welcome back to the Narpram Radio Podcast. And as promised, I have my good buddy, Jason Wagner here in studio. What do you think of my studio, Wags? I love it. I love right? it. I love it. I never have more fun than anybody with you. <laughs> and the studio really is just my study uh, where I work at. So, so Jay, tell us a little bit about tenantreports.com. What do you guys do? And yeah, tell, tell awesome. us a little bit about that. Yeah, tenantreports.com um, started in 1992, full service background screening. So that means we go a little bit deeper than just the credit, the criminal and eviction reports that, you know, that have become a commodity. Got it. Um, 
So let's talk a little bit about because because application background screening, however you want to call it, it's it's always a big challenge for for property managers. You've been doing this a long time before tenantreports.com. You were doing this for an, another firm. You, so you've been in this bit. You personally have been in this business for how many years now? About fourteen years. About fourteen years. So, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they're going about doing the background slash credit screening? The biggest mistake, and I, you know, you would think at this point in time it would it wouldn't be that big of a factor, but are landlords or property managers getting emotionally involved with that applicant story and making a bad decision? I see that across the board. I've taught classes on it and I still see it. I mean, it's one of the things that if you know me and you call me asking advice on, a, on an applicant, you're going to get a real answer. I'm not a yes person. And I'm going to look down through there and, and ask you, why would you give this person a chance with the risk involved? Or sure, if you want to take a chance, have an $8,000 deposit. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but to listen to that story, it's like, just apply. We have, you know, processes to treat everybody the same, but you start making those kind of decisions to where you want to get involved with that applicant story. It can it, it doesn't end well. So how, how do we prevent that, right? So one, one of the things that, that I was always big on is, as I'm always worried about fair housing, especially during the application process selection right because to me that's where that's where you can get sued the most or or have a claim against you so to speak so what are some of the things that companies can do to prevent fair housing claims and to prevent this like hey i i've been hearing this story these guys got a 40 credit score and I, i feel like I should take him. Right. He just went through a divorce. He's trying to help his. his you're you're making literally making excuses college. for him. Right. You're talking yourself into a bad decision. But the thing about it is, is whether it's our application or your application, those qualifications should be on the front page. There should be something that tells that person whether or not they would even qualify for your property. They should be able to make that decision right. for themselves. But also having the policies in house so that if somebody does file discrimination or, or a fair housing claim or something of that nature, you've got something to show them, look, everybody's treated the same. Here's what our qualifications are. And, you know, we've done it. We, there's right. no wrong so, doing here. So make, making sure you have good qualifications and then having a policy and a process that you follow over and over. That's in yeah. every business, not just property right. management. We've all taught, the, taught those classes that that's important. So where, so let's talk a little bit about qualifications what are some of the things that, well, for one, can I have different qualifications for different properties? I would. So if you okay. have HUD properties, it's going to be a different set of qualifications than a gated community. And Got it. Okay. So when somebody calls me, that's the first thing I ask them. What type of properties are you leasing? Yeah. If it's a, if it's a $3,100 a month home. Versus a $800 a month home, please, there might be some different qualifications. Please do your client a favor and protect that home. Not Right, making willy-nilly decisions. So a good rule of thumb then would have like maybe you have certain set of qualifications for maybe A and B homes and another set for C and D homes. Right, and you might even have a different application fee. You know, so for the a lower income property application, you know, you might charge thirty dollars for a higher one. You might charge seventy five because that's your first line of defense in qualifying them, no matter where they fall in the right. in the program. You got to have they got to have some skin in the game. So what are, and then you said qualifications should be on your application. Uh, they should also be in your listing, right? Also be on your website. And on your website. Okay. So they need to be everywhere. Yeah. 
right? So that's, so now people know. And then if you are using a firm to answer the phone calls, they need to know what your qualifications are per, per property or, 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 or anything like that. Okay. So what goes into qualifications? A lot of people start with the credit score, but the thing about it is, you know, you've got your credit, your criminal, your eviction searches. Are you running a state search or a national search? You'd be surprised how many people are running state searches and don't even know it. And, and then, of course, your, your prior verification. So some people do it, some people don't, but with the current landlord. Right. Current landlord, so like if, I, if I'm a applicant or a potential applicant and I see the qualifications. So like, for example, like I'm, what I'm going for here is like how, you know, what kind of credit score should be in the like, you know, qualifications for, you know, a high end property and a low end property. And then like, you know, should, what else should I put in there? Should I put in like how much, how much money you need to cover for that, for that rent? Do I, you know, no criminal. Yeah. So, you know, it's the credits, a a whole bear in itself with credit. A lot of people are, so most things are going to give you a pass fail recommendation. Now it's not an end all. It's not saying that, you know, our algorithm says this person fails. So they fail. No, you need to take it. If, you, if your programs do that, it's just a recommendation. You need to take a look at the full picture. So what the people will do a lot of times is let's say from, you know, 300 to, to 515 fail, 515 to 615 conditional, 615 and above pass. You know, that doesn't mean that that's an end all. But the thing about it is, is just because a person has a bad credit score, doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad renter. You need to look down through those trade lines, which a lot of the a lot of the softwares don't give full trade lines and things like that. So it makes it hard to to discern. When that. you say the softwares, you mean the like the appfolios, the buildings of the world, where you can it's built in, but they just give you kind of a, a pass fail. Yeah, and there's different levels to that. So you may do the site inspection to where they give you access to full credit reports, and I recommend doing that if you have the option to do that. You should. Mm-hmm. All they're going to do is come to your home or your office and look at it and say, yes, this is a real person. They're not pulling up to a McDonald's Wi-Fi and stealing people's credit report. But the thing about it is, is you can look down through there. That credit score may be terrible, but it may be because of a bunch of past stuff. So if they're, what, what you'll see on the right-hand side is current but was 90 or 90 D-E-L. That means they're 90 days delinquent now. The next one may say current but was 120. That means everything's current now, but at one point it was 120 days late. So if you have a bunch of those on there, but everything's current and as agreed now, and you can tell this person went through a divorce or they lost their job or whatever the case may be. They had a rough six months. They had a rough year, but now but they actually paid track. everything back. Now they're, yeah. That shows you that they're actually pretty good. Especially if it says current, but was right. Yeah. And they went ahead and made good on all those trade lines, but their credit score doesn't necessarily reflect that yet. And what are some of the things you're looking for? That's a great tip, by the way. I actually didn't know that. But what are some of the other things? Like, what is there, like, if I don't pay the electric bill, but I pay the landlord, right? Like, there's, like, those are things you have to look at, too, right? Yeah. I mean, some people don't pay anybody, and some people make sure that even if they're late, they get that stuff caught up. And, and you can really discern a lot from the credit report. I wish I could go through each one of my, my client's applications and say, all right, here. And I do that for the first couple until they get the hang of it. But, like, here's what you're looking for in, in making this decision. Yeah, I know when when we uh, when we owned our property management firm, the one the main thing we looked at was if credit was poor due to like medical bills, 
we treated we didn't treat that the same as credit was poor due to not paying any bills right. or not paying the landlord or owing a, a property management or owing a, a property management right. firm. And so if you had bad credit due to that, we'd put you on what we called the risk mitigation program. And you can go two ways with the risk mitigation program. You could, you can, uh, as a firm, you can say, well, risk mitigation, meaning I'm going to get double deposit, triple deposit or something like that. What we did instead is we had like different levels. Like, so if the credit score was, I'm just gonna, I don't remember them. So I'm just going to throw numbers out here. Let's just say 550 to 600. Then it was a, it was a $750 one-time fee that was that was given to the management firm. And then if it was a little bit higher, then it was like a $500 and a little bit higher than it was 250. And if it was a little bit higher, then it was, of course, no, no mitigation. And then what we did is we backed it up with, you know, so, cause that money went to us and then we backed it up with, if they didn't, if they punched out before the, the lease amount, I mean, for, before the lease date, the end, the end of lease date, the, so one year, then we would release the property for free. And so we actually got some numbers on that. And the funny thing was the eviction rate for the risk mitigation was equal to the risk, the, the eviction for the non-risk mitigation. So there really was an additional risk, even though, you know, you would think there would be, but uh, our numbers proved, proved otherwise. But in a case where somebody dipped out early or you had to evict, you had funds in there to cover that. It didn't affect your homeowner. Yeah, I mean, obviously it could, right? You you put somebody who's bad, who's who's high risk, and they left, you know, five months in. They have the eviction, and we release it for free. But that doesn't mean that the homeowner is happy about it because they, you know, they didn't get the full lease. But the main the main point I was trying to make is we were going to have the same type of risk, even if they weren't risk mitigation, based on our numbers, right. you know. And then I had some other people do it a little bit differently, where instead of charging the one time upfront they would actually charge them a monthly fee. Because here's the thing, Jay, right? We all know that rents are going up, right? So let's just say your rent is 1500 bucks, or let's call it 2000 Well, they have $2,000 for the first month, $2,000 for, for the security deposit, and now you want another $2,000 for double deposit. People just don't have that kind of money. So if you charge them seven fifty, okay, or you charge them $75 a month, and so we had some people doing a monthly risk mitigation fee. And then if they wanted their credit rerun, right, we would do it through our methods. You can't give me credit karma. You do it through our methods. And then if they did that, then they would, they, they would then, and if they, their credit went up, they would remove them from the, from the gotcha. room. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are other, what are other gotchas that, that you can think of that people are doing that's, that's kind of, you know, putting the wrong people in play? Or, or creating some kind of risk for them. Yeah, where the, where the risks that I see are, so if, if you're a property manager and you're doing employment verifications, you've heard of the work number. Everybody's heard of it. And So think, tell me, what is the work number okay, for, for? So, so, so many companies don't want to mess with employment verifications. So the work number, and there's three or four that are getting to be larger now that do this, but it's a third party that has a database that whenever you get hired, your company submits your information to them. So if somebody needs a, an employment verification, you have to go through them. Okay. Well, I think the, the fee right now is $108. I'd have to look and see what exactly what it's at, but it's, it's expensive. Okay. And so no one does it. It's one of those things to where, okay, send us your pay stub. So if somebody's trying to get over right. on you. Or, or we do it ourselves or right, we're trying to call the, the company. And I can tell you from yes. past history that is what takes the longest 
to get verified. And then what happens is you lose other applicants because you're kind of waiting on this one to go through. And then, or you just say, screw it. We're just going to go ahead. We got the pay stubs. We're just going to go ahead and say that they work there. Right. And outside of not running a criminal check and renting to a a sex offender or a high level drug trafficker cartel or something like that, the biggest risk is do they make money? How much money do they make? Can and, they afford yeah. this property? By the way, the cartel guy probably makes enough money. I'm just saying. <laughs> I would say. But what we've seen in those situations are they gut a whole house and then they, they leave shop and you're yeah. sitting there with studs yeah, and, and yeah, some yeah. grow lights left. But anyway, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about this work number. So uh, it uh, does it cost me $108 every time I have to every call? Every time. It used to be 60-something. It just kept going up over the last okay. 10 years. And, and so that's the biggest thing. And so... One of the reasons that I worked with tenant reports was because they have the only end to that. So it solves a huge pain point, but that's the biggest thing is the employment. So meaning if I use tenantreports.com, I can get that and I don't have to pay anything extra. It's included in, in that package, you know, the, the what I call the super search. But yeah, the property management super search package. And you don't have to pay that. So in the past, what we had to do before we had that was on the report, if you remember, it says unable to verify company uses work number, this other one, you know. Right. And just a huge pain point. And so being able to verify employment is one of the. And how long, if I call the, if I call that work number, how long does it take to verify employment? Is it like the same day? Is Instantly. It, so when, oh, we, really? when we call that, when we call the, the employer and say, you know, we're trying to do a verification on John Doe, here's the information, they give us their code for the work number. We just plug that in and literally button it up within seconds. So where we used to chase them down for, you know, a day or two, three days to try to get an employer to call us back or this or that, I want to say it's 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 a big number. You know, it's like 60% of verifications for employment can get buttoned up instantly for all the people that feed into that database. So you, so you still have to call the employer, and then from there – Somebody has to answer and give you this, oh, we're, we, we use the work number. Correct. And then, and then if you don't have that access, you're kind of SOL. Everybody has the access if you want to pay the fee. To pay the fee. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and if I don't do that, then somebody, in theory, could give me fake pay stubs and, in theory, could say they work somewhere and they really don't. They Or will. could say they make more, uh, more money than they actually do. Right. And then they really, maybe they can't afford the 3X rent or the right. 2X rent. Which is something else that we're seeing more of are pay stubs and identity stuff that, I mean, it's just, these people are getting so good with it. I mean, there's been cases where they had driver's license, social security number, and we're just sitting there like, look, both of you have everything that you would need. There's fraud here going on. We got to move on to the next applicant. Sorry, y'all figured out. Because yeah, if you remember when you had one with Empire happen, that was when, and we tried, you know, it's like, what? Well, let's catch these guys. And well, we found out that it takes 28, you know, 27 days to even get a detective assigned to that case. And so it's not like you can string an applicant along while the property's sitting vacant. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. We so tried it thing, three times. Best thing is to cut, cut and run. Cut ties. There's fraud been detected. And in most cases, you can tell who the real person is. But in a couple of those cases, it was so good that we're like, we don't know which one of you, you is know, real. Is so real. We, yeah. Right. So we're going to so deal with that. If you want to file a criminal complaint, then please do that because that's the only way this is going to get resolved. Now, but we got to move on. Now, could that be a fair housing case against you or could that be some kind of case? But Or you could back that up saying we, no, we, there's, we there's fraud and we're not sure who's There is who. fraud. And when it comes down to identity theft, you know, there's we haven't done anything but take an application from somebody. Right. So, and so 
Is this something like, again, I know a lot of people use property management softwares have a lot of this stuff built in. So talk to me a little bit about what are the, because it's, the positives are it's built in. It's, it's one that somebody enters their information one time. It's, it, you know, there's no double entry and I hit a button and it just works. So that's the positives. So what's the negatives of using something that's built in? All of that. I mean, the, just the amount of fraud with technology, and it's only going to get worse. So fraud, so fraud detection. Right. Automation, when there's not a human intervention involved, mm-hmm. it just leaves room for so much error. I mean, everybody's trying to make things better, but who do you think can, slint, can skim by those? It's that actual real criminals, the ones that know. They're the know, ones that are looking for this type of solution that you offer right. like where it's just let's, uh, automated let's say criminal history for instance it's the ones that know if they change their date of birth or if they change their their name to a different variation mm-hmm. you they know that you could very well miss their criminal history so it's being able to to look through the report so for instance like what we do is and i i was doing a demo the other day with a walking somebody through their first report and there were literally like 13 variations of this person's name so on that one, we lose because we run a criminal report on all 13 of those. Oh, wow. Typically, it's going to be two or three, you know, a maiden name, right. a married name, a nickname. You know, you may have a Robert that goes by Robbie or Bobby or Bob. See how they can get really, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what name that person's used or what they used on the application. If their government name on the ID is Sandra and they're putting down Sandy, you know, there could be... Uh, you know, there's no criminal history on Sandy Smith. Right, but there might be on criminal Sandra. history on Sandra Smith. So, right, all those factors matter in, or all those factors matter. Which you don't, you wouldn't even look at that. Like that, that those vari- yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah. so those variations there. So, let's talk a little bit about, do you know anything about the dis- disparate? Yeah, what's and it's, it called? it's needed. Disparate impact. Disparate impact. So, yeah. can you talk, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure can. And, and what's happened there is our country... I mean, it's just facts now that we incarcerate more people than the rest of the world combined. Mm. It's very sad. And I don't know the exact number on that, but, you know, it's high on, that's mostly mo- mo- minorities. Most of them are minorities, right. So, and, and it was, you know, it's, it's, there was a video the other day about this guy and he was, he was at a gas station and had this crew and he was asking them all, you know, how much time did you do? And one of them was like, man, I did 17 years. I did 21 years. I did 13 years. And then he was like, and look at them all out here working. They were doing a logistics, transportation type mm-hmm. services and all doing great. But what I took from that was that's something that if you're not a minority, that's something that you haven't dealt with is everybody in your community has been incarcerated at some point. Right. You think about it from a child. So when they come out and let's, so what happens is, is they come out and they apply for a job. And that job runs just a criminal report off the top and and just gets out everybody that's had criminal history. Right. That's what they're trying to prevent because this person might have been out of prison 10 years, Mm -hmm. had no problems, has a great track record, but you wouldn't even get to know them because they had a marijuana charge that most people would have done six, you know, six months of probation, but they got three years of prison, of hard time prison. Wow. You know, and and so. So basically what that means in our language is you can't just have a, a blanket statement no no felonies anymore not with criminal history it's not um it's and you shouldn't you know it's not a bad thing it's it's actually a good thing because you're going to miss out on a lot of good applicants what are what are some what are some guidelines that you would recommend 
that I put in my qualifications. Because I can't say no felons, well, but I don't want somebody who's just out last you know 30 days either. Right. It's not guidelines that I recommend. It's guidelines that Fair Housing and EEOC and people like that recommend. Okay, and, and what are they? Not having a blanket policy on criminal history. And okay. they're even... They're even sending that over into credit nowadays to where they're saying, don't have a blanket policy on credit. Take a look at it. Let's see what's going on there. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just a, I mean, I, I hate the fact that, you know, they want us to, here's the, here's the issue I have with this, right? No blanket policies, but then if you make the wrong decision and then somebody puts a fair housing claim against you, right? Cause I don't like making, I don't like a lot of gray area, right? right? Cause now all of a sudden I don't know who or who not, Right, so I run the. I'm a big first come first serve guy, and right. we could talk about running all that, all, all the applications at once. Matter of fact, I've done a couple of hot topics on it, and that's my biggest ones. People blast me on on that stuff. But with that being said, you know we're we're all scared of the government because once the government gets involved in your business, like it is just it's so time intensive to, and it costs a lot of flipping money. Meanwhile, the government wants us to make these decisions, but yet then they turn around and because, you know, the government speaks out of both sides of their mouth. Right. So. So is there like, OK, so I can't say no felons and I'm OK with that. Right. But that doesn't mean I have to I don't I don't have to take what is it, drug dealers? Well, you don't have to take, you know, anything. You still get to make that decision. But where they where they want you to look at that decision is and there's certain states that have already implemented this. And that means that you're going to offer the property or you're going to offer the job and then run the background check. So the background check is the very last portion of it. So, you know, you've given this person an opportunity to go through the, the application hiring process. We love you. Yeah, but our, pro- our process for property managers, we run the credit criminal, the, we do everything all at once. Depending on what state you're in. We do in Texas, yes. But depending on what state some of these other listeners are in, they may have to run that background check very last after they've offered the property. Wow. That way, Seriously. that way we've offered you the property. We love you. Now everything's contingent upon your criminal history. So, okay. You had a hiccup eight years ago. I've already known right. you now. You're going to, we're going to go ahead and rent to you as opposed to just at the beginning of the process saying, Oh, you have criminal history. Well, you're out. Yeah. We used to, I think at empire, we, our statement was no felons over the last five years or seven years or something like yeah. that. So if you were clean for five years now, yeah, and it's the same way with bankruptcy. You know, there's a grace period in there to where a lot of right. landlords aren't going to rent to anybody that had a bankruptcy within the last sure. two, two years, five yeah. years, whatever your policy dictates. And mm-hmm. that's the reason it's... But that's something that you should put in your qualifications, too, is, is, uh, is a bankruptcy clause. yes. Okay. Yes, right. and any of that stuff helps them, you know. But And so criminal history, the way I, I explain it to, to my clients anyway, is on that front page, just let them know, hey, if you have criminal history... It's a case by case basis. Let us know. We're going to run a check. We're going to, you know, we're going right. to find out. Um, we we want to, we want you to apply. If that's the only thing holding you back, and you think you might qualify, other than that, call us. Let us know. We'll make a we'll make a case by case basis. To where in the past, we had to have those blanket policies that said we don't rent to felons or we don't rent to. Oh, we don't do Section Eight, right? Like yeah. that's another one that that was a blanket statement. That can you right. still have that blanket statement? I know in Texas you can, but yeah, uh, I mean. It's up to you as a landlord if you want to adopt that program, I believe. I always tell people, if you don't want to do Section 8, instead of doing, we don't do Section 8, like you can say case by case, but let's put it this way. If you're on Section 8, the chances of you having good credit right, or or, or making the, 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 the amount you know, making enough salary right. to cover to cover your two X or three X. I've seen it both ways. I've seen people have great success with Section 8, mm-hmm. and then I've seen people that it 
you know, it was really hard on their business. And once they got everything lined out to where they were getting paid correctly, I mean, I cleaned out, you know, during 2009 through 2011, did clean outs for the government. And getting paid from them sometimes can be enough to take a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my I have my opinions on Section Eight that I'll leave for a for a hot topic one of these days. Yeah, maybe I'll actually maybe I'll do a hot topic on that next next one. But so I'm back to the topic, day. disparate impact. It, it eliminates a lot of that. It's not something that people should um, worry about. You know, look at that and and structure your business so that you're not so that you're not discriminating against minorities just because they had you know they went to prison in their early twenties and they're thirty five now. Don't hold that against them. You know, my son's a minority, and I hope these things that come down the pipeline like this will help him as an adult to, to not have to deal with things like that. Yeah, or, yeah, or, well, the funny thing is, it's just, just stay out of jail, but I, I guess if you're a minority, you, you kind of got a, uh, kind of got a target on your back, and, and they're, you're... They're picking on people. I mean, you can look at our numbers, and it's absolutely atrocious what we've done in this country. We with can, our prison uh, systems, and mainly private prison systems. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> oh yeah, money makers. Yeah. Gotta, they for need profit. they need clients. They need clients. But those for profit prisons and they fill them up. That affects our our communities. Sure. You know. All right. So we talked a, we talked a little bit about you know where you should put your qualifications. We talked a little bit about disparate impact. We talked a little bit about how to read the credit report. Is there anything else on the credit report that we should look at? Um, a lot of times that employment can be cross-referenced on the credit report. The social security number can be cross-referenced on okay. the credit report. Things like that when it comes to identity. I know there's a lot of different companies trying to put things together to, to cure this, but it's, it's you at the property management level, when you get these reports back, doing your due diligence and, and all of that. If you care, the, the property managers that call me and we go through their process, sometimes I'm amazed. I'm like, wow, you are an anomaly. And this is the reason your properties have done so well. Now let's get that eviction rate down to even less than 1%, right. and which, which I love doing. I love helping property managers take that rate and just plummet it because it, that's the thing about it. For the owners, for the business, it's the only way we get paid is if you put people in there that can pay the rent. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, okay. So where, where do you fall on, you know, I noticed your business and you make money when you run apps, but where do you fall on the first come first serve versus I'm going to run all the apps for a property and then make the best decision that I think would be benef most beneficial to the, to the owner? Well, so, the, so the, the big differences there are, okay. So I, I'm a, I'm a first come first serve. Wow. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. You threw me a three, two slider and I was waiting for the fastball. <laughs> but yeah, I'm first coming first qualified move on and the thing about it is is when people apply that's your structure either has to be like that first come first serve and i haven't taken these other people's money yet why do you like first come first serve because it just if, if you do it that way and you haven't taken the people behind them their money and you haven't mm -hmm. charged them yet it just keeps the yelp reviews down it just keeps the it just keeps everybody in check as far as look so what do you what do you say to the the people that say well we have a fiduciary responsibility to our owners and we want to run all the credit and criminal. I say, wonderful. If you want to do that, then what's going to happen is you, what they usually do is set a date. So like a week from now, we're going to cut it off. Anybody can apply from now until then. So then I end up with 20 applications. We run them all and we pick the best one and nobody gets their money back. So right. that, that's, that's okay. If you want to do it that way, totally fine. You know, as long as your state and your city right. and everything. So my, 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 but you can't go back and <clears throat> forth. Okay. So my opinion 
is that if I do that, right, let's say I had 10 people and I select one, obviously, and nine other people don't get their money back. And I select the white couple. And there was a Hispanic couple that didn't get it, that qualified, right? But the white couple just had a little bit better credit, a little bit made me a little bit more money. I feel that they have a potential to put a fair housing claim against you. And even if you win... Cost you money. You still had to deal with it. So and if I just did the first come, first serve, and everybody else gets their application back, and I never run the application, right. and they they qualify based on our qualifications, because the qualifications to me right. is what is how we protect the owner, right? It's not the top of the best qual. It's if they pass these qualifications, then they're good enough for the property. So why am I looking for another set of qualifications? Right. Not so that's, that, that's kind of my defense. To most it. of these credit reports, I mean, TransUnion, Smart Moves, and Experian Connect, there's a couple of them that are still soft hits. But when you use a real company and you're getting access to detailed credit reports, it's going to be a hard hit. And that's not a bad thing. But what it is is all those 10 people now have a hard hit on their credit report. Which drops their credit down a little bit. A couple bit. of points, especially yeah. if they're having to go apply somewhere else and get another hard hit. They may right. have just gotten a raise or they're moving. They may be getting a car. It's going to be another hard hit. Mm-hmm. And so all of those factors, but whichever way you're going to do it, put it in your policy. Don't flip flop. Make sure if you're running all of them, run all of them. If you're doing first come first serve, do first come first serve because you start differentiating from that policy and you can't prove your process. That's where you'll lose a fair housing or a, or a discrimination claim pretty quickly when in the court. So most property management firms, they, they might use virtual assistants from VPM solutions, let's just say, to run the applications or to answer the phone calls. What are some of the things that you recommend that we do as business owners to prepare our team to make sure that they're not saying anything that's inappropriate or anything like that? That's the proper training. I mean, I'm not turning anybody loose on my team until... I've worked with them myself and there needs to be somebody within your company that if you have virtual assistants that they're working with and shadowing. And, and the other thing with, with virtual assistants is making sure that sensitive data isn't leaving our country. You know, they can answer all the phone calls they want. They can process all the things that they want, but now there's processes in place where you can mask socials, mask dates of birth, just to take those precautionary measures before you, you send something to Mexico or the Philippines or India, you know, and, I love virtual assistants. You know, I've, I've been a fan of those. I've had my own and absolutely amazing. But yeah, just to make sure that, that they're trained properly. I mean, that's the only, answer yeah, a, lot, a lot of role playing, I would think. And, and again, again, if you have policies and you have a solid procedure, right? So what does that mean? Well, it means every time we list a property, these qualifications go up. If we list a C property, these qualifications go up. They go up here, 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 and here. You know, when you answer the, when we answer and they ask about, you know, do you take this? Do you take that? You send them to the website, right? And then, you know, you learn how to answer the top 10 questions and you make sure that you don't say anything that can be used against you in the court of law, evidently, right? right? I have a question, stop, call, and ask before answer and say something that's going to get us all in trouble yep and then the, the other big thing would be look at if you're using the app folios of the world to run your credit criminal you may want to look into a tenantreports.com type of solution and put some human interaction there not your team doing right. it you have the the tenantreports.com and in theory 
you should be able to charge the application fee enough to cover the cost of the tenantreports.com or the or or, or the, the the other firms out there. I'm glad you brought that up because that comes up a lot. And whether you're, you know, rarely will somebody's cost go up with our program. But if it does, my biggest thing is the application fee being the first line of defense. And so many landlords, property managers are afraid to charge. And, and we're talking about houses in most cases that I deal mm-hmm. with, single family okay. homes. Yep. When I rented an apartment while our house was being built, it cost us $125 each to apply. Wow. And $150 admin fee. So we were 300 That's six. That's almost four, $600. $450 yeah. in yeah. to apply. Wow. So why are we being so worried about $35 worried about or $25? $35 or $50. I mean, your application yeah. fee, my, my best clients charge $75 yeah. and up. And Especially if you're doing first come, first serve. Just kidding. I mean, I'm just going to beat this one to death, right? <laughs> because then you're not charging the other people. Because I think right. one, of the, one of the big, you know, blockers that, that applicants have is I don't want to apply for four houses and get charged four times. It hurts. It hurts. Bad. You know, at least with the, uh, the uh, apartment you're, you're applying one time and, and you know, cause they have so many units right. that, you know, you don't, you don't have to put in four or five applications. Granted, there are people that, that rent because they rather rent than buy a home. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if somebody's renting, it's because they're in a position, they can't afford a down payment on a house. Well, they're having to put deposits down that are just under what a down payment went on a house would be. I mean, they're in a bad position anyway. So yeah, when you're taking somebody's money four different times on a property and they're just trying everything to get approved because they've got kids to put under roof and everything else, it's a very stressful time. So yeah, anything that was always my goal. I'm not into catering, you know, to, to people that made bad decisions, but in this case, if, if they're not even, if they're five people deep, you're taking their money and just running their application just to get their application fee. And I see this happen. Um, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's added, you know, we know in property management, if, if, if you buy an investment property and people's perception of this is so far off that don't invest, but if you buy an investment property, let's say that that property is going to cash flow $275 a month. So that's a good deal. If that's a good that deal. Much, yeah. But when you can do things like this and up that, you know, $100, $150 each time a, a, a vacancy comes Try to get your money back on the vacancy. They're trying, you know, and I don't yeah. blame them. It's, but it's really hard on these renters out here. These it's, not, it's not very scrupulous. And yeah. uh, that's not scrupulous behavior. And most agents won't do that. Your self-landlords might do that. And, of course, people from, you know, if you're NARPM, you have a higher, uh, you actually have a higher standard than uh, than even just the regular. And just to, for the record, I don't have a problem with that. If you're gonna, if you do that, do it. Just, just put it on your application that your applicants know we take all applications and pick the most qualified. Let them know that up front. Right, right. All right, Jay, we're gonna hit a commercial break real quick, and then the lightning round. You ready for it? It's my favorite. You ready for the lightning round? <laughs> all right, we'll be right back after these messages. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. 
To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. All right, welcome back, everybody. Jay, are you ready for the lightning round? I hope you're ready. <laughs> you never know what I might say. <laughs> All right. Do you use virtual assistants? I have. I don't at the moment, but I have, and I will as soon as I can afford it again. What is one piece of advice you would give someone who's just starting out in the property management business? Get the right mentor. Go through a couple, meet with a couple, and pick the best one for you. But you know what they say. Even Michael Jordan had a coach. Yeah, that's a great that's a great advice. And again, if you join NARPM, there's thousands of mentors right there. And the one thing about NARPM is people love to give back. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> All right. I knew I liked you for a reason. What was your first job? My first job was digging ditches at 12 years old. There was a guy down the street from me that had a dozer and backhoe business, and I walked down there and asked him what I could do, and he said, I'll put you to work for $2 an hour, and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I'm glad he owned that business and, not, and he wasn't part of the mafia and had you digging ditches. Yeah. I would ask for a little bit more money than $2 an hour. I never asked what was going in. (laughs) What is your ideal vacation? Tahiti, French Polynesia Islands. I'm going there one of these days. All right. I thought you were going to tell me it was a monkey farm in Tennessee. That's second. Inside joke. I'm going back there too. (laughs) What is something most people don't know about you? God. He's he's he's, he's like a man of mystery. (laughs) Just give me one. Don't give me 10. That I was signed recording artist. Back in the, uh, from 2012 to 2015. Nice. Well, what is one success you had in your life? Being a father. I mean, that's just where I'm at now with my kids, 16 and 13. I feel like um, they have a good head on their shoulders. And I'm sure we've got some fun years coming. But right now, that's been a a success in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) What is one Marvel character you associate with? Oh, I got the character for you. I would say... Captain America? I don't know. Wolverine, man. Oh, okay. I You're like Wolverine. I don't I really like follow that, that stuff, so that's yeah. I wasn't sure. All right, so I asked you what Disney character, what Disney princess do you most associate with? I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm Elsa all day. <laughs> he knows that one right away. <laughs> oh, man. You prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. Dog guy. All right, Jay, if somebody was moved enough to want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you and over you at over there at Tenor Reports? Jason at tenantreports.com, and that's T-E-N-A-N-T, reports with an S. So Jason at tenantreports.com. Awesome. And if you are looking for virtual assistants, because they can help with all aspects of your business, give us a try at VPM Solutions, or you can reach me at Pete at vpmsolutions.com. And if you're looking to join NARPM, if you're listening to this and you're not a NARPM member, why not join Call the good folks over there at 800-782-3452 or go online. You can uh, sign up as a member online at narpm, N-A-R-P-M dot O-R-G. I will say one more thing. So I have had experience with virtual assistants and it was very early on 
when I was getting involved, but you had success with that. And so I came to you and the virtual assistant that we hired, I trained and is now running the company that I left. So, I mean, the, the potential there, I'm, I'm so proud of him. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, it, it really is. They, they can, virtual assistants can, can. But I'm glad you went to that area because your, your, your ability to identify talent is amazing. All right. Well, I appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's all we got for our show today. Thank you so much. Until next time. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.